Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there, everybody. Welcome along to a very special edition of the Die for Three Points podcast. My name's David Prutton, alongside, of course, Neil Warnock, and we are here in Manchester, not staying too far from a certain theatre of dreams, are we, Neil? It is, yeah. We, we're uh, right next door. I mean, I'm staying, we're staying in the hotel, Gary Neville's hotel. I never thought I'd ever be in a bedroom with Gary Neville behind me on the wall. I thought I think that's one of them things that you. It was a night. I thought it was a nightmare when I woke up. That's when the I thing. Could. Will you get to sleep though tonight because he's watching over you? No, but I, I, you know it's a nice hotel and uh, next to the ground, and uh, we're very fortunate today, Dave, aren't we? We are um, indeed to have uh, what I call a friend as well, but mm-hmm. a fellow manager in Steve Bruce. And welcome, Steve. Thanks for coming. Ah, great. It's- Great to see you. It's great to see the pair of you. It's a pleasure to be able to sit here and chat to you both. And hopefully, the next however long we are going to talk for, I can sit here and just listen to you two swap stories. You've I've I've seen you both greet each other in the car park. We've walked upstairs. We've sat down, and it's very, very, very obvious that you two are very fond of each other. Where does that start? And what were the first impressions? <laughs> Where does it start? Shouting at him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I think um, I think for me, the first time you come up against Neil, you, you understand what you're going to get <laughs> very, very early in terms of management anyway. And for me, um, in management, I didn't think I was ever going to go on to do 20-odd years and, you know, a 1,000 games. And when I see somebody like Neil was always, wow, how does he have, how does he have the... The, the enthusiasm, mm. the same will, same drive, same energy, what you need. Because when you come up against these teams, you know exactly what you're going to get. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, you get him in the dugout who gives you all sorts <laughs> of abuse coming from. So very, very, very early in the early managerial one was I'm up against Neil and his teams. And, and, uh, and it's just, it's crept in over the years, mm-hmm. a sort of uh, a friendship that we've... Um, 
I think it's Probably. just mutual respect, really, Dave. Yeah. We've, we've, you know, we know what we're like during the ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Hey, make no mistake, he's no bloody angel. Trying to make he's, it he's, wallflower, he's there, isn't he? He said a few <laughs> things to me in, a, <laughs> in his time, oh, yeah. but, but um, no, it's it's one of them things that my type of teams have always had to be like that because we've never had the top players. Um, and Steve's built, he, you know, he, he's had genuine lads wherever he's been when you look at the squads he's had. So they've always been really competitive games and uh, and nothing, you know, I mean, he's he's only a kid, isn't he? He's only playing at it a thousand games. <laughs> he's know. got ages left. But, uh, yeah, he's got ages, ages <laughs> I, left. I, I somehow yeah. don't think so, Neil. I really, I really, really don't. I have to believe, you have to believe me in that one. But, I mean, that's, that is the remarkable thing. We, we are talking about two careers here that have spanned such a long period of time. I mean, there was there was a stat that I read, Steve, with regards to your involvement in football, either as a player and a manager, that stretches back to 1979, unbroken year on year, season on season, in different places, of course. Um, when you both sat here now, you, you, I, I really, I'm really intrigued to hear you swap stories about kind of similarities in that. But where does that seed of longevity come from? Is it purely down to a passion well, first for of all, this game? First of all, Dave, you know, when you when you put a stat to me like that, it's like, well, how lucky have I been mm. to have been in it for so long, not just in playing, to being in management and to being in it some 40 years. Mm. Um, it's the only thing I really know. It's the only thing I've, I really, really, really enjoy is a game of football, whether it's a World Cup semi-final mm. we're watching tonight or, or what it is. A game of football has always been the thing that I've enjoyed most. So um, I, lo- to be I look at I look at what you've done, Stephen. When you you know your playing career, and and it's been very similar to your to manager. You've, you you know you started off really at the bottom, didn't you? You know Gillingham, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then you build up, and you you end up at the. I mean, we're we're outside Old Trafford now. I mean, what a theatre of dreams that is. <laughs> and and yeah. and and you and you've managed to play there and. Uh, you know, you and Pallister, what a what a relationship was that? Is, I mean, I look at you, I look at how you two played, and I think to myself, wow, what would Gareth Southgate give for you two <laughs> at this moment in time? And that's not being disrespectful to to Harry or you know or, or John Stones. I just think, wow, that's what we're lacking at the moment. We're lacking leaders, I think, at the World Cup in England. We, we've got a lot of good, nice players, mm-hmm. but just leadership. Whereas you, I mean, you not just the way you played, you two. But I think, you, um, you used to boss it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I think for um, well, first of all, I had to really get on the big pally's back. First of all, because he was a bit different, big pally. <laughs> so I had to be constantly. He was a little bit laid back, Gary. And the one thing he wanted to do was get him a bit angry, because once he got angry, he was a different kettle of fish now. And I have to tell you, he was for somebody six foot four, six foot five. He was wonderfully balanced and quick, and handled the ball really, really well. And even Gary, you know, I think only got 17 caps. And I think the one thing that when you talk about England or whatever, it's the one thing which I thought, you know, is the one thing that I've, that I never got a chance. I never got a squad. I, I, I never even got into a squad. So Not um, even in a squad? No, I never, got, I never got into a squad. But do you know the, the two managers in particular, so Bobby Robson and, uh, and Graham Taylor, the, 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 the picked lads who were, all went on to have, Terry Butcher, Tony Adams, Des Walker, mm. all these types of people played year in and year out for years, almost to got 70, 80, 90 caps, I would have thought. Mm. So um, that was the one thing that did elude me. And uh, it's 
arguably the biggest disappointment that I've that I've probably had. Did you never used to get that when you know, like for for me in certain other situations, not at the top level, but did you get that when the squads come out or what have you? The disappointment. Uh, I was the only uh, one. When you... <laughs> I was the only one left. <laughs> <laughs> Fergie used to say to me, "Ah, oh, it's not your day again, son. This week, <laughs> maybe next time." I was thinking, well, and so all of them would go. Mm. So I'd be I'd be left on me jack and. Um, to be perfectly honest, I used to go around the, the the Malta or Cyprus or somewhere in Greece to do one of the big supporters association yeah, do. Yeah. So I used to always have two, three, four, five days off, you know. But uh, that was the one thing that eluded me. And you always thought, this might be the time, you know. This might be the time that I might get a chance. But unfortunately, it never came. You still didn't do bad, though, pal, did you? When I look at your, the, 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 the things you won, I mean, they say about Gareth's never won anything. They mention at the moment, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose you're only judged on that. You know, they talk about Pochettino, don't they? And, the, and they say, oh, he's never won anything. So I, I look, I mean, I've never been at the level that Steve's been, I tell you with him in that respect. But that's why I treasure the, the promotions that I've had, really, and the, and the playoffs, because Steve knows it's bloody hard, isn't it? Well, it's <laughs> a different kettle of fish when you go into management. Oh, right? my God. Oh, oh absolutely. And, um, How did you get into management, Steve? So really, Neil, I have to tell you, to start with, I was I was coming to the end. So I now, I was, I've left Man U, I was 36 and left when uh, Eric scored the winner after the cup final against Liverpool, remember? And uh, and then it was, I was 36 and then I, I went to play for Birmingham for a couple of years until I was 38 and then I'm 38, 39 thinking, what are you going to do? And... I thought at the time I was going to go into maybe soccer schools. I was had gone along that one, and would you believe we had a big sponsorship deal lined up with Honda? And I was going to go into the inner cities, into areas where um, they couldn't really afford to go on. So Honda had quite um, lovely sponsored sponsored us, and I was going to go down that route. And then I get a phone call to say, would I be interested to go and play a manager of a club that you know well yeah. in Sheffield United? Yeah, and um, and I thought, oh, why not? You know, player manager, that sounds okay. And and uh, and off I went, and that was the journey. And what a learning curve that was in the first <laughs> in the first job I had. Was it a, a, a war above me? Yeah. And them are the things that didn't matter where you play for Man U or Gillingham. They are the things that when you come into management, mm. that you don't really understand until you've been in it. Now, I look and, at I look at the young lads now, Steve. You know, no disrespect to you know Lampard and and, and the other lads like that that have had a good playing upbringing, yeah, yeah. and then they go into management. And I think you don't realise until you go in it that dealing upstairs is just as difficult as dealing with the players, isn't it? 100%. And they don't teach you that, and do they? I have to say, Neil, I was not very good at that. Yeah. To start with, that's why I probably had three, four clubs in two years, mm. where. I couldn't handle upstairs. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't handle any of the bullshit. I'm not allowed, but I shouldn't say that. No, and, no it's uh, on my programme. You you're your program. right. okay. you're right on it's that. Okay. So <laughs> I, I would, I would, I would um, that's why I um, I didn't last very long in the first. And after really um, Huddersfield, I really then had a look at myself to say, do I really, really, I mean, Huddersfield, for example, we're going along very, very nicely. This is years ago. But sitting in the top two of the league and the owner decides to sell Marcus Stewart. I mean, I've never been forgiven in Huddersfield to this day, <laughs> you know, to sell him. And um, 
think, hang on, we've got 10, 12 game days to go and games to go, and we're, we're, it was deadline day. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't the transfer windows in them days. And we decided to send it forward. And you think, that can't be right, you know. And, yeah. and after that, really, I thought, is this for me, really? Do yeah. I stick with this or do I do I then go and maybe do something else? And around that time, I had a really good offer from Sky to go and work in Sky. And um, anyway, I stuck with it because I stumbled on Dave Whelan at Wigan, who was straight as a die. A breath of fresh air. A breath of fresh air. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and and that sort of taught me that, yeah. wow, if you get somebody above you who wants to do well and what an unbelievable job he did you, for Wigan. Doesn't it make you want to go into work, Steve, when you've got an owner like that or a, somebody at the top like that? You know, you look at, I mean, I look at, some of the people I've had working for, dear me. I mean, I shake, I've shook a couple of chairmen's hands, you know, about contracts, and it's cost me millions. <laughs> you know, because they're not bothered, are they, about reneging on anything? I think, I think oh, there could so be one or two chairmen who could tell us stuff about me and you, by yeah. the way. And all, by the way. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure. It will be, yeah, sure be a podcast listening. going on somewhere at the same I'm time. I'm sure Simon Jordan's listening somewhere <laughs> along the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he'd have plenty to say. And I suppose that's first-hand experience, though. When you mention about thinking about whether this was for you, and having spoken to Neil at length about this, and I'm just trying to work out, you mentioned young managers there. Was there anyone at that time that you bounced off that you went looking for advice from and saying, well, well, I keep keep finding this? The easiest one of all, the easiest one of all was, obviously, I could pick up the phone to Sir Alex. Mm. And I remember him when I got the Sheffield job and I just paraded myself with the scarf and all the rest of it. And I, I, I wanted to sign uh, the centre-half um, at Man City called Kit Simons. Remember yeah, Kit Simons? Yeah, yeah. He was on a free from yeah. Man City. Yeah. So I go up to the chief exec and I've just signed the bet and done all this and said, listen, it's a free transfer. And he looks at me and goes, uh, nobody told you. Told me what? He says, we'll need a certain amount of money in by the end of the month, Steve. Or, or it's going to be a bit of a struggle. I says, well, it's only a free. I've been promised a few fronts. Yeah. So he looked at me and... Mm, well, that's the way I see it. So I thought I've only been in the job half an hour here. <laughs> what do I do? Didn't have a clue what to do. So, of course, I rang up Sir Alex for a bit of advice. And he said, well, you either quit now or you've been in the job an hour. <laughs> he says, I don't think that. He says, oh, you know that you're not going to have any money to spend. So just get on with it and, um, and, and go along that premises. So a little bit of a good advice. And, of course, when you can ring somebody like him, that's a stunning it's, contact. It, it's it? a, it's a absolute stunning but it contact is a, it because is a, he's it is a kick in the teeth, isn't it, though, Steve? When you take oh. a job on like that within, I mean, I, I had I had um, I, when I was at Leeds, um, I worked for Ken Ken Bates, um, yeah. and I, I, I really the, the place was in uproar when I went. I, I calmed it down because they were smashing the car park up in protests and things, and uh, we went pre-season down to Cornwall and uh, and I and uh, I would. He said to me, you know, we, we've got to get some money in at some stage, etc. But so I said, well, I've only got two or three players. And somebody and Chris Hewitt come after um, Snodgrass. And, and Ken said, well, you, know, you can have half, whatever you get, you can have half to reinvest, you know. And um, they offered us a million or something like that. And, and, and he said, yeah, we should take that. And I said, yeah, we'll get a lot more than that. Can leave it with me. And it eventually got up to three. And I said, look, Chris, if you pay three, you can you have him. But otherwise, forget it. So three, so I thought, wow, I've got one and a half, you know. And the next the next day, the phone goes in the afternoon, and, oh, Neil, bad news. He said, the bank's pulled the plug and have no money. 
And I remember saying to him, well, what about Ward, who's, who's at Palace now? Joel Ward at Bournemouth. I said, we can get him for 200 grand. And he said, uh, we haven't got any money, Neil. So I said, oh, you could pay over, over two or three years. And he said, <laughs> he said, he said well, you buy him, though. <laughs> it, so, does become a bit, it does become a bit soul-destroying. I suppose when you're in management, you get a bit pigeonholed in the way you are, a bit similar to yourself, and you were, well, we could maybe bring him in and he can maybe do us a decent job and, and not really demand a lot of money. And... Um, and, and, and after a while, though, it, become, it becomes very, 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 very difficult, of course. Very difficult. The, the, the amazing thing that I see from my particular vantage point now, from the outside looking in, and having the pleasure of speaking to different managers of different ages and generations, is the, the one that surprises you where a club sold to a manager in a certain way, that doesn't quite work, they move on, and suddenly the next fella comes in and suddenly they have got money to spend, they have got options, they have got... A different, it's like a bright shiny new toy, isn't it? Oh, we've got rid of one fella. This fella's going to come in and well, it's, hap- it's happened to me in the, in the in the last two big jobs I've had eh? yeah. in Newcastle, mm. where you know where it's. Incredible. And we talk about sea change as well with the money we involved in that CJ, particular big club. CJ. Wow! Or and, and Aston Villa, and what mm. a great club! What a great club that was! And you know, we we just got to the playoff final, you know, and um. The chief exec has just come down to see me, and Steve Round have come down to, to see me to say, "Look, we're in serious financial trouble." And um, a week later, uh, Keith Wyness, who was the CEO, he had gone. Steve Round had gone, and the club was in a real, real mess. Mm. You know, when you see it now. Um, thankfully, the owners who've come in there now have invested, haven't they? Oh, they've they've invested yeah. and they've 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 turned the club round hugely. So. Um, yeah, it, it's all. It's always difficult. It would always be nice, and I'm sure Neil would would have like the same to say. I'd love to be given the opportunity when you've got a few yes. quid to spend to see what you could do with it. But that, uh, that was the great line with with Sean Dyche, wasn't it? In at Burnley, cutting his cloth accordingly. But the question he actually said in a press conference, yeah, because that's what it is. But get me to a club that gives me a billion pounds, and I will spend a billion pounds because you, you know, if you in that position, yeah, yeah, you? yeah, I know what you're saying there. But you know, sometimes I look at. You know the top top places. You know, like uh, Chelsea and mm. places like that. They've got top pay layers and dust that and the other. Sometimes it's it, it's difficult to work with these players. It's not as easy. You know, I think sometimes I I enjoyed the championship because I wasn't like Steve. I didn't play at the top, so I know where I was. Mm. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I I like making poor players average and average players good, and I love the dressing room. Whereas when you go at the top. I mean, you, it's a different way of handling them, the, the top yeah. kind of players in it, Steve. But yeah, yeah. it's lovely to have that ability Absolutely. to have them. I have to say something, I agree with you in management, Neil, that I've enjoyed the championship because it's a fairer race. Very difficult in the Premier League when your remit is just to keep the club. Stay up. Stay up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, that sounds easy, but it, it's, it's not. You know, you get beat more often than you win. And then it's all about how you keep yourself motivated yourself because you get beat every other week you know and you need probably 10 wins and you think well that sounds easy <laughs> 10 wins in the premier league means it's every four every three and a half games you've got to win a game yeah. difficult and um and that's when it becomes you know hard work and that's why probably i've enjoyed the championship as much as probably what you have neil mm. you know it's drop down a level you know wherever you are in the championship steve bottom team top team Anybody yeah. beats anybody, don't Absolutely. They? So I always think to myself when I'm in there, well, I'll I'll back my group of lads. 
against anybody. Are you with me? On the day, I know it's on the day at times, but that's why I've enjoyed that. Whereas, like Steve said, in the in the top in in the Premier League, you know that the top ten. Well, if you get a point off them, Mm. you've you've done well, really. You know, because they're so far ahead, even more so now. You know they're going further and further away, aren't they? So it's that's why I've always liked the championship. But but you know I enjoyed managing at Scarborough mm. and I and at, and at Middlesbrough and all these other players. Are you with me? Yeah. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed that. What I've hated and and Steve's had a lot of it himself is the vitriol at times. You know I I, I thought I did a brilliant job at Sheffield United for seven years, turned the club round and got big crowds and all that, and then a small minority. Kept, you know, having a go at me and chanting and shouting at my family, and and I'm thinking I don't, de- I don't deserve that, mm. you know. So I, you know, I go and I said same at Cardiff. If they turn on me, I'm looking, you know, and I'm off. And I, I, I hate that part mm. because when I started in management, there were no phone-ins, there were no experts, no there were nobody no. that told you where you were going wrong every two minutes, and you had a chance. Mm-hmm. But you know, Radio Sheffield, my first. Night, I remember the, the <laughs> guy saying, Paul Walker saying, uh, I'm phoning with just praise and grumble. We've got a man in so and so, so and so. Uh, and what do you want to say? Uh, Sheffield United fan. Well, Warnock's got to go. He hasn't got a clue. His tactics are terrible. He do not know what he's doing. He's substitutions. So Paul Walker says, Oh, yeah, yeah, you went down today to the game, did you? And he went, Oh, no, I, I listened to it on radio. <laughs> I thought, What chance have you got, Steve? Uh, oh, oh, well, I, hey, listen. I agree, and I've had, oh, a, bit, I've had a fair God. bit of stick over the years as well as you might. And even now, I think that is we can joke about it now. On the when it becomes now down to the social media and the all that, what that that just brings a hive of negativity. And of course, that's when it, it starts to involve your family a little bit. Mm. And certainly, that's when it becomes probably too much that you think, "Hang on a minute, this is this is bordering on being." Ridiculous, and I'm I'm delighted Newcastle now are doing well, you know I could, you know, but it didn't matter what I did up there or what we tried to do or whatever, you know it it just wasn't going to be, and um and over the last twelve months a change of ownership, change of direction, um, you know the the new owners with me were mm. were terrific I have to say you know they did say how can we help you and I said look you know I think my time's up here because. The only negative thing that's left now is is myself, mm. um, and would you believe I did put forward? They did ask me, in my opinion, if, you know, well, who could who could take over? And I did recommend uh, Eddie to them, and thought, you know, he's a very very good young manager, and and um, pleased to say that uh, that mm. he got the job, and I am I am delighted that the that they're doing so well. There's a real common theme there because you're talking about your experience at Sheffield United growing up a blade, your experience at Newcastle United growing up a Magpies fan. Yeah. And when you talk about that side of it, and again, from my angle of working in the media and looking at these teams and covering the teams, and the you talk about the vitriol and the... There's a presumption that men of your generation just have to get on with it. That's part of the job. You know what you sign up for. But as cultures change, as as... We're, we're supposedly getting a, a nicer kind of environment of, of just life in general. Don't kid yourself. That's the thing. But so, but then, <laughs> yeah, so is there something between the two of you that we're looking at here that it, it obviously affects you both emotionally quite deeply because it goes from beyond being judged for your job 
to going after you, going after your family. That can't yeah. be right. And that can't don't set you up the, later the, in life to be able to deal yeah. with that, surely. Don't forget as well, you know, when you've been a Sheffield United fan or a Newcastle fan, they think you are a fan. Mm. They think they're entitled to, to say anything they want to you as if they was in a pub. Mm. And and without any comeback, and, you know, and that's why the social media now, you know... Well, because you can't escape it. You could leave the ground and that'd be done or you, hear it on the radio, but no. now they can but, get but you like, anywhere. But like Steve says... You can take it up to a point. It's when your family mm. gets gets tainted or, or something like that. You think, this is it worth it? Mm. You know, is it worth this and that? And at the moment, the football has gone so far, hasn't it? Now people think they can say what they want on social media and get away with it, and mm. and that shouldn't be the case. I don't Absolutely think that right. should be. I don't no. think we get enough. Protection. I think I think not just in football either. No. You know, if I'm being brutally honest, mm. you know, I, I do worry worry about grandkids and things like that. And, I worry about the whole thing because it's just vile, the whole situation. There's never any good news on it, no. is there? No. Never. Well, I said to William, you know... And I he, don't read it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm probably in a generation where I, I don't do it. Yeah, I believe you've got a Twitter account oh, now. Oh, Steve. Hey, <laughs> hey listen, I'll, I'll take a picture of me and you and it'll go on Twitter and there'll be... Oh, wow. Listen, we'll have about a million hits and I'll think, how sad are people when, when they're coming on my hits? And they ring me up and say, hey, your cycling went well. You, we might one and a half million people hits. Wow, but well I do, listen, I've got to say, Steve, at times mm. I do enjoy it now because with nothing to do, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm a tourman and what have you, it, it just gives me a few laughs and what have you now. Of course. Uh, I, I was saying about with William, you know, and, and Amy, my, my kids, when they go out, I always, you know, even now I say, yeah. be careful, please, Jesus, you know, know. Go, you know what you do and who you go and driving and all that lot. Because you just don't, you've got to be, if you're in the wrong place, isn't it? You know, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, 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 that's how it is life at the minute, isn't it? It's so yeah, it's not great, on a thread, it? isn't it? You know, so yeah. I think we've had, you know, before all you lot, David, before you lot come out <laughs> with all your computers and everything, do you know, that's life, only an iPad that you life, was, <laughs> life was a lot simple when we used to take our when we used to take our jackets off for goalposts. It were a lot simpler the, in them the, days. That's that's the thing that I'm really intrigued with regards to you two. Like you look at over two and a half thousand games together, over seven hundred as a player. And, and the generational shift, having been in the game for such a long period of time, and I say this with, without any hint of condescension at all, as a forty-one-year-old man sat here, the, the game all that right, you, all right. you don't the, have to, you the, don't have to yeah, go in. Yeah, nearly yeah. forty-two. Oh, well, the, I wish I was forty. The game, the game that you two first stepped into, what is recognisable from that, and what has changed completely? Well, I think the big thing for me, what changed football for me, um, and I was playing at the time, mm. was the back pass rule. Changed everything, mm. I have to say, because the game became then. I mean, can you remember the? Was it the same semi final where Gaza kept chipping it back to his yeah. goalkeeper? Remember, he yeah. took a catch, and the last ten minutes of the game just went away. That was a big, huge thing of. And look, I was a centre off, and the first challenge I made against the centre forward was always to tell him, <laughs> "Here we go." Mm. And now that's not allowed at all. No. It's not allowed. There's no contact in our day. I would never want to be on the floor, you know. It it becomes now part of the game. Like, and you wouldn't see any, you wouldn't see any diving in them. Days. No. Not like nowadays. I mean, you look at some of the theatricals now going on, and it's embarrassing, isn't it? Really, some of it is, you know, yeah. like if you were, if they were in a dressing room with Steve Bruce and Pallister or me or or my lads or Chris Morgan. They'd get them up, they'd get them by the scruff of the neck. Stop <laughs> diving, stop going over like I that. I think that's where it changes. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that we've, we have to guard against is 
getting labelled a dinosaur, mm. which has been thrown at, I'm sure, Neil and myself, and, and how you go how you go with the times. But I think the biggest thing that I miss is the dressing room that used to used to rule. Didn't you have yeah. to didn't always have to go for the manager. Mm. Didn't have to do it. The number of times the captain that, we would, that we would sort yeah. of the, the strength of character, the, the great side that I played in, and I, I say great because I think it's often used too much, was the 94 team where right through the spine of it were Ince and Keane and Hughes and Cantona and myself and Bally and Dennis Irwin and Schmeichel. Oh, my goodness, oh, mate. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear me. I mean, and a team could either... Yeah. Take us on with football, or try and kick us, and say, "Come on, you want to kick us? Come and have a go." Mm. You know, and and it was. It's funny, Steve mentioned, and sorry to put it in that Steve mentions that and, and the exalted company, but the first English captain in the twentieth century to captain aside to the double. So that Thank goes you. to show he's, he's been Thank very you. magnanimous with his teammates, but well, you were aware an integral part of that side. I, weren't I, you? Think, I think Steve Thank Bruce, you. by his teammates, they knew. Yeah, I bet you they ribbed him about not getting in England in mm. squad. Oh, but I bet me. you <laughs> but I bet you any money, every one of them thought he should have been that, in that squad. Been first because he was their leader. Yeah. And yeah, that's why I, you know, there were ten captains, weren't there? Yeah, really? yeah, there were. You could pick any one of them and could all be a captain. Um and that was, I mean, look, I took over from as, as good a captain as you could ever have and Brian Robson. You know, so to take over from him and you know do you know I I, I got a phone call from Sir Alex and said, hey, where are you? He says, I'm just at home. He says, can I come and see you for a cup of tea? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I thought, what does he want? <laughs> So I says, yeah, of course. He says, is, uh, is the good lady home? I says, yeah. He says, uh, okay. He says, I'll be there in 20 minutes. So um, I says to the missus, by the way, Sir Alex is coming. And he's, the, the, the gaffer's did coming. Did she say, what have you done wrong? <laughs> <laughs> she did, yeah, to start with. What are you doing? Yeah. I says, uh, I don't know. And um, he came and knocked on the door and, and uh, come, and, uh, come and have a cup of tea. And he just had a look round and... And all the rest of it, and say, oh, nice home, and all the rest of it. <laughs> and I'm convinced he was looking to see how I lived, where I was. He said, because um, during the cup of tea, he says, um, I want you to make, well, I want you to make, you be my new captain. And he so, gee, wow, wow. So all the time I thought, mm. well, he could have told me that in the morning in the dressing room. Why do you want to come home? Mm. Why do you want to? And I think he came to make sure that I lived all right. That's the, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that everything was was hunky dory. And what what an afternoon that was, you know. When he said, "Are you gonna are you gonna be the captain?" I'm like, How did it feel? Like, 
Well, it's like it's it's arguably as good as you're ever gonna get. Mm-hmm. You know, from the days of Gillingham where we had to win on a sat on a Saturday to pay the mortgage on a uh, on the, at the end of the month. Wow. It was a, co- a complete. And you contrast. do think back, don't you, Steve? Yeah. When you get moments like that, you think back to. Yeah, yeah. I think back to games with Trinity at times. Are you with me yeah, about yeah, how well, to handle things things. With, with people? I mean, and Gillingham. It's like that. Yeah, Gillingham was like you know it, 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 they give me. You know, they give me a chance, and I'll, I'll I'll always be forever grateful. But I was there for nearly seven years. I played two hundred and thirty-five times in the lower divisions. Mm. So three, four, five years down the line, to get to the to get to here is like um, it was incredible. It's authentic, though, isn't it? I mean, you literally paid your dues to get to where you got to, and and let's not come away from the fact of where you grew up and where you started playing your trade other ends of the country it's, yeah yeah I mean big, by the way was really, it, it, you know it, uh, going back years Peter Beardsley and myself played for years together in the same boys club team everybody in the team was all signed up and gone elsewhere apart from me and Peter <laughs> and uh, Peter came with me to Gillingham mm. and they turned Peter away as well saying he was always going to be too small Peter wow. then went to Cambridge and didn't quite make the Cambridge and then couple of years later Bob Monker took him to Carlisle and what a player Peter was when I look back at how good he was as a but he was only full tiny. of it wasn't he oh, and his energy. energy oh yeah. my god oh he was a fabulous but football shows you, but he didn't he, get picked up he came he out of nothing you know yeah. bombed out not wanted that's why I always said to youngsters now that get to 2021 20, mm. never give up mm. if you feel you, but you've yeah. got to persevere I think sometimes it's easier now to go and play a game in your in your in your bedroom and flick a few switches than it is to go out on training ground, do a few more weights, do a few more runs, get a bit, you know, believe in yourself. Because mm. I think that's what you've got to do. You've got to be a bit committed, you know, to if you want to get to the top. Yeah. I think now. Is there any is there any players that jump to mind? You, you mentioned about Peter Beasley being passed on. Is there any players that you two have passed on and then suddenly they've appeared somewhere else and been pretty decent along the way? Or? Not passed on. I, I remember. I don't know what your biggest. Regret regarding signing players, right? I remember Lauren de Jaffo coming to me at Bramall Lane in Sheffield and saying, Gaffer, um, I have a player for you. He said, a second division in France. Uh, uh, I said, what a striker is this? I said, I, he, how much will it cost me, Lauren? He said, £100,000. I said, we can't, for a second division striker. <laughs> he said, yes, Gaffer, but he's good. You love him. He's just your type, physical, strong. I said, I can't, I can't pay 100 grand. What's his name? Drogba. <laughs> Stop. Oh, uh, and he reminds me every time I speak to him. Lauren. Have you missed out on one? Any lie, Steve? I've, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure that has. There's not been one like stuck out like that. <laughs> the big one at, at, at Newcastle in the last couple of years was um, Jared Bowen, who mm. we'd signed, who had signed from. Hereford, uh, we do we took to Hull for fifty grand and watch him come through and I nice kid as well. Yeah, great yeah. kid, mm. lovely kid. I had him, had him parked in the um, in a in a in a, in the service station on the M1, <laughs> uh, waiting for the permission to see if we could do it and see if I could scramble the money, but <laughs> couldn't get the money together and uh, he went to West Ham instead. Mm. Um, but no, I don't think I've had any, and and arguably the. The best one I have ever ever had, the best player I ever signed was for nothing. A big, uh, big Frenchman called Dugarry, <laughs> where I got a phone call from his agent to say, uh, "Would you be interested in Christophe Dugarry?" I says, "What the World Cup win?" <laughs> Let me think. What? what? <laughs> of course I would. He says, uh, "I think I can get him on loan." I says, "Nonsense, nonsense." He said, "Well, look, 
I'm going to try and see if I can get them on a on a plane here. Didn't think anything more of it. Thought just one of these time wasters, you know. And um, and and lo and behold, um, the agent rang me back and said uh, he's getting into Birmingham at half past five. Would you pick him up? I says, bloody right, I will. <laughs> right, I will. I picked him up, and uh, and, my, and my missus was out, so I took him back to my house. So I made him a cup of tea, and he's sitting in my house, and uh, I gave him a biscuit. And the only biscuit we had was a rich tea. You know? oh, the didn't, even have, didn't even have a chocolate one for him. And he's sitting looking at the biscuit. Steve, what is this? <laughs> I never forget it. But um, and I give him a video of the of the match on the Saturday and of what the game was. We played Aston Villa or whatever. He for six months was absolutely as good as I've seen. He was had the lot. I remember playing lot. against that team for when I was at Forest, and it was literally you you come jogging out and you think. Well, we're knackered here. They've got to work a win. Well and he, he, was, he, he had the hair, he had the stuff. He looked phenomenal. And, I mean, Blues he, fans loved him, didn't he they? Was, he was arguably the best player I've ever had. Unfortunately, everybody told me it wouldn't last very long. Mm. And unfortunately, it didn't. Um, but for that six months, I mean, I've got him playing alongside Jeff Horsfield. Can you imagine? <laughs> <Yeah>. Big <laughs> Jeff from Barnsley, you know. <laughs> Harry Ars Bricklayer from Barnsley, who absolutely loved him. You know what a what a pair they were, and uh, Christoph loved him as well. You know, and and uh, he was for six months as. Um, yeah, as yeah, you as were as talking good. about Birmingham then. Funnily enough, that just brings back a memory of mine. Uh, you were on gardening leave, or not gardening leave at Palace. Yes. To go to Birmingham, they wanted yes. you, and they wouldn't let you go. And I remember this. So David Gold rang me up, David, and asked me to go over. And I went to his house and they said to me, look, we're not sure about Steve. Would you take the job if Steve, if Steve <laughs> can't, can't get, get out? If Steve can't get. So I said, uh, I bloody will, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but um, then, you could, then you obviously got the permission and, and, and the rest well, of this. Neil, I, um, I had played for them for two, two years, so I got to know them a little yeah. bit. And at that time, I probably needed a bit of stability. And the one thing about David Sullivan and David Gold is they give managers a chance. They do, uh, probably because of that mean they don't want to give you any money at the yeah. sack yet, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But no, I take it that back. They were they, all right, weren't they? They were very, yeah, very, uh, very good. I liked, and, I'm hey, talking. Neil, I had I had two years as a player and nearly seven as the manager. So you know, nearly ten years of your career was at Birmingham. So mm. I'm forever grateful to them because that gave me that little bit of stability. Um, just when I needed it. Otherwise, you know, as I said to you, I had three, four, five clubs in in two years. Ridiculous. Mm. So uh, Birmingham was the one that I thought, yeah, they'll give me a chance. Is there an acceptance? Is, is you, there's that, that sliding doors moment between the two of you, but in the fraternity of what managers are, because there's only a finite amount of jobs and there's a lot of managers that are out of work. That that there's, there's, I'm, I'm sure... There's a protocol, maybe an unsaid protocol, of, of ways and means about going about possibly well, the it, next job. Nothing changes in that respect, do you? People, you know, like I, I knew six weeks before mm. um, one of my, my last few jobs that I, that I were going to be replaced six weeks before it actually happened. And you get to know things like that, don't you? It, it happens in football. And I'm sure that my name's being put forward for a job while other people have been in, are you with me? I'm mm. not saying there's nobody innocent in football, but it, it's. Do one you of, accept that? Do you understand? Is yeah. that par for the course? Absolutely. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think we all understand. We all it. It's not nice, but yeah, yeah. I think we all understand it. Uh, what the only thing I don't like is, um, in one occasion, I, uh, 
the manager that I thought was coming in was watching one of our games. Are you with me now? I think that I mean that is uh, yeah, yeah, bending it yeah, a little bit. Right, that yeah. so it's uh, but you know it's it's one of them things. Mm. Well, I, I look at it, me management now. And when they appoint a manager, I think, bloody hell, I could do a better job than that at 74. Mm. Are you with me? Mm. Uh, but but that's, you know, we talk about dinosaurs. Wenger, I don't know whether Steve remember, but I think Wenger changed everything yeah. in England, didn't he? Absolutely. He was unbelievable, Absolutely. Wenger. He brought everything. We weren't ready for nutritionists and and, and, and all this bloody, um, you know, the technicians. Sports and, science and all yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, he, he brought things in. I mean, he's been criticised. I remember we Alan Brazil on Talksport. The, the fans used to ring him, wanting him out, and all this. And I always said, "Be careful what you wish mm. for." And they've only just turned it round now. I don't know how many years it is since it's Wenger left. A while, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it's so way. it's. But he. he I think changed. he was. I think you're right, Neil. I think he was at that particular time, and for a lot of the English young managers at the time now, everybody thought they were going to get an Arsene Wenger. Mm. So he opened the door really before Arsene Wenger come along. There was no real foreign managers as such. No. And um, and and now we've got look we've got arguably the best in the world who are running the big clubs now, but I think Arsene Wenger was the one that and fair play to David Dean who brought him over yeah. because he wasn't a huge big name that no, he'd he won this and he'd won that and he won. But the don't other. you think, Steve, as well with with Wenger, he, he brought he brought stuff here and and we we'd never seen it before, had we? What, what he brought. He, he changed all the outlook. And we're talking about dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Well, me more so than Steve. <laughs> but dinosaurs, that's a load of rubbish, that. You change as the things change. Mm. If somebody brings something in and it's going to give you another 5%, you use it. Why would you go along with it? Why would you not go along with it? It's an evolution more than anything, isn't it? Yeah, I think big things, diet, and of mm. course what they bring in, of course, you know, back in, in the start of mine, there was a drinking culture which has definitely now changed mm. in this country. You know, with that, there's no more that you can go and have we can't six, away with it, can six eight pints of <clears throat> beer on a Saturday night and do what, what you know. what. Yeah, you know, but they'll what, not enjoy it as much now, will they, Steve? <laughs> they won't enjoy <laughs> the evenings as much now. They are quite serious, aren't they? I mean, it's, it's funny you mention Arsene Wenger because I suppose if you, if you throw that forward to if a manager such as he was getting the Arsenal job today, the... There could possibly be uproar. Well, where's he managed? Who's he, who's he taking care of? What did he do as a player? And that groundswell of public opinion might go There was all of them it. questions being asked yeah. at the time, you know, yeah. where you know he's coming in here to do this, that, and the other, and he's come from, like you said, you know, David from Dean Japan. Deserves a lot of credit, credit for that. Yeah, doesn't yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah. Even though I think it was for, to the detriment of a lot of British young managers mm. or whatever, that became yes. a trend because they wanted to thought if he even, let's get another Wenger, yeah, let's look let's all over the world. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I see where you come. But from. But the fundamentals yeah. that you two would have seen over a long period of time wouldn't have changed, would they? The, the, the big thing that I hear when you when we because there's so many platforms to discuss football nowadays yes. is the and the key word philosophy. And I, I think there's a story, and, and this is my I might have been muddling this with regards to Tony Pulis meeting out some wisdom. Which what's your philosophy? Well win football matches and then that you give yourself half a chance there. Does that see has that come to the form or it's not just about winning, it's about how you win as well. S- style of play. Style of play comes into it. How are you going to play? This now this I think now Pep has created this, mm. you know, playing out from the back where some of the stuff now that you see when you're playing out from the back now, they're playing one twos in their own eighteen yard box and this is the way you've got to this is the way you've got to play. Yeah. And um and sometimes, you know, as managers now, especially these days, 
you are given a core of players and it's very, very difficult to just change them around because now it's transfer windows. Mm. So you've got twice a year, you know, and you, and you can't really... So it takes time. And sometimes, you know, you're not going to get time because you've got to win a football match. And um, so philosophy sometimes have to mm. go out the way. I you went have to, to win. I went to uh, Steve's old club, Norwich, mm. right, for an interview. And uh, they sent a 40-page dossier to my house to fill in about every, I mean, I didn't look at it, but everything, <laughs> it was like unbelievable. And uh, I went there and there was a big boardroom table and there were all the people sat around. I don't think she was there, bless her. I think there were, there were quite a few others there, you know, around a doctor. Mm. The first question this guy looked, for, to me left hand, I see him now, an old guy, he looked up and he went, well, Mr. Warnock, do you think our fans would like this, your style of play? Uh, do you think they would like you... Uh, and the way that your your teams play at Norwich. So I, I took a deep breath and I looked round at everyone. I looked them in the eyes all the way around the table. And and and, uh, and I come back and I took another deep breath and I went, yeah, I think they'd love to win games. <laughs> Fans. And I thought, you haven't got this fucking job, have you? <laughs> you know, I thought, that's another job you've not got. But what yeah. chance have you got when that's part of the of the actual kind of questioning? I think process. Bruce Riott got it after me. That was it at the time. Oh, yeah. But no, but but some people like interviews. They interview you for the sake of it. Some, they already know they're going to appoint. You you know that. Uh, but but yeah. uh, that, that's 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 football. As I'm well. I'm, intri- I'm intrigued with that process of of the interview. Is has, has that changed over the course of the time that you two have been in, in football? You basically I, had more jobs, Steve. You get jobs, you know you've got them, don't you? Know you? You've Most got them. of the time. You know, you, you know mm. you've got them before yeah. you go for the interview, probably. Yeah. But you've got a, you've got a, you've got an outstanding... But, hey, listen, now you hear all this presentation and these big laptop displays mm. of what they what they do and what they haven't done and what they're going to do and this, that and the other. And you want Mendes as your agent, don't you? <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. all want Mendes as our agent, <laughs> don't we, now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to bring with you half a dozen players. But, um, yeah, they pro- I don't think that process changes. I think people yeah. have got an idea. Mm. I think what changes is if maybe that person's not available or whatever, then they've got to go down a process of. Uh, I think sometimes, Steve, when you go for when you go to to speak to a club and you know you've got the job if you want, you've got mm. a good feeling. I think sometimes it's good for the manager to interview them mm. to get a feeling about. You know what? You know what will you? You know what can we do? What what, what will you let us have? You know what? How can we go? You know what I mean? Yeah. The other way around. I think sometimes I've interviewed them when I when I. Well, it sounds right because you're, you're the one that's going to bear the brunt of everything good, bad, ugly that's that goes on in that football club, surely. But it, I think I think it's coming back more now regarding the English lads, isn't it? The yeah. English lads seem to be getting a bit of a chance now. So why, why do you think yeah. that is? I think they've run out of options abroad. I mean, I look at the names cropping up now. They don't do anything for me mm. at the minute. Some of the managers that, that, that they're talking about. So, I, I well, think... I'm delighted that somebody like Frank has had a go and Steve Gerrard yeah, because am. of that generation. You know, they, they probably don't never need the money. Absolutely. So, they, you know, it's it's. I'm really pleased of people like that have come come into it, and then of course other, others will follow. And you know, a big trend at the minute is obviously the the coaching, and a lot of people have gone down the route of the academy and worked themselves up into that area. Um, so it's it's it, it changes, you know. That what what becomes, you know, it, sexy if that's the right word, <laughs> you know. That's the that's the route yeah, they go down, yeah. Mm. And um, but I'm I'm really delighted that there's there's a group of them and there's a group of them of the of the of the younger generation anyway. 
making a fist of it and having a go and, and realising how difficult it is. You mentioned these young managers. Is is there one specific nugget of wisdom that you would pass on to them if they came to speak to you? <sighs> oh, fit, yeah. I know what mine is. <laughs> I always say get a good chairman. <laughs> get a good chairman. If you can, yeah, get a, a good, good chairman. chairman. You never know. I mean, you you can't pick your chairman, unfortunately. I think yeah. that is key to it, the ones that have... Um, had a bit of time with and all the rest of it and is the relationship we have your CEO or mm. your chairman or your owner. Are you like me, Steve? I've always done better when I've got on with my chairman. Of course. When I when I when I when I you of know course. Cardiff, I love Mehmet Dalman, you know, and and Vincent was the owner. But I couldn't have got things done without Mehmet. Yeah, and yeah. you talk, don't you? You yeah, need you somebody to talk to because it's yeah. a lonely job. I mean, I went to I went to Hull. A lot of people my my mates were Steve what are you doing? You can't go to Hull just yet. I thought, look, I got on well with the old man who unfortunately, unfortunately uh, passed away last week and uh, a wonderful old man who, who gave me the job and a lad called Peter Chapman who um, was a, was a local businessman who obviously um, Assam got on really well with mm. and he practically acted like me CEO, a big, he had a big company in Hull and, and uh, he, he practically, for four years, he, he didn't even earn a penny. I'd call Peter Chapman and without him, you know, to, to go to the owner and say, you know, can we have this one, that one and that one? Um, so it does make a it hell helps. of it. It helps it enormously, of course. You look at the success that we've mm. had. You look at the success, Steve. I, I, I bet you 90% of that is when you're happy at a club mm-hmm. and you can be yourself, you can do yourself. I'm not saying, listen, even the ones that have helped me, They've said no to me at times, mm. are you with me? Yeah. I think yeah. they've got to do it. You don't mind that. No, you don't. You don't mind that if they say no and they give you, you say, okay, okay, I respect your decision, fair enough, we'll, we'll crack on. Because most of the time is a manager should never be satisfied. Mm. You've always got to try and, and keep improving. And year in, year out, you've got to keep improving. Otherwise, if you don't, you just go you go stale with it. You used it, to so. see every quote when a manager, you know, just we need a couple of more players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Famous just one more. Just one more player. <laughs> yeah, we need another couple and one more player and whatever you but that's that's how you go in it. But it? I suppose the CEOs, chairman, owners, they don't want to see you just that you're satisfied either. No. Really, if the ones that have want want to succeed and want to get better and, and uh yeah, it's vitally important though, that relationship. I, I think there's you. more so now, mm-hmm. Dave, with with not directors of football, but there's a lot of people involved now that they're appointing to run the side who I think you've got to be careful because some of these people, they think they'd really want to be the manager, mm. but, uh, but but they weren't good enough to be the manager. So they're in the, the next powerful job and, and that's where they interfere with the manager at times. So, and that's where I, the po- political side of it comes yeah, into you, it. Yeah, and that's where a lot of younger managers have got to deal with that side of the coin, you know, uh, Definitely. I think that's going to come more and more into it, Neil, isn't it? Especially in this country now. is A bit like the foreign teams is director of football is going to be the next thing, isn't it? You know, where we... So, and I can understand that it'd be difficult for people like me and you, but again, if you have yeah, a relationship, you know, Steve, if that's I'm your relationship, say, if that's who you deal with, then If, if, then if, if you course. could work with somebody, though, Steve, I'll look at it now, and I reckon I could do that sort of job Two days a week, with with a manager that trusted me. Are you with me, or, yeah, yeah. or that I like working with? And, and you don't have to do uh, seven days a week to do that job. I think they should pick our brains, young managers, a little bit more. You know, with the the knowledge that we've 
that we've got and built up. It, the unfortunate thing for you managers is they always they might think you're a threat mm. because of where you've been and what have you. But I think there's a role. For, I don't think people like myself or Steve should just be cast away. I think we should be trying to help the younger generation the problems that they get talking about directors and mm. so on so and sponsors the, the stuff that you don't learn on the pro yeah. license and, and you, across you don't the get them budget. in the degree mm. what the LMA is fabulous but you don't you know it, do, have, has any young managers come to you and reached out as, as no, time's I, gone I, on I, I, well I've, I've spoke to a couple I mean the lad at Plymouth at the minute Stephen Schumacher yeah, yeah. is a lovely lovely like doing man and he's very doing well, isn't very, very, very well, well with him. Yeah. Doing well. and and this, but they all still have to learn in that respect and and I think that's where I remember years ago it must be about 8 or 9 years ago I said to the league manager association if you want to send somebody with to to follow me for 2 or 3 days mm. non-stop then you're quite welcome Give to Give a it. flavor yeah never got one really now, now for me if I was somebody who weren't working and I'd got an opportunity to go and follow Neil Warnock for, for two days. You know, yeah, all right, they wouldn't get in till 10 o'clock in the morning. They'd think, <laughs> they'd think well, bloody hell, that's a good start, isn't it? 10 o'clock in the morning. But I'm there, you know, I'd be there a long mm. time during the day. And I think, I thought, what an opportunity, Miss. I couldn't believe it, Steve, yeah, yeah. that nobody that were out of work or, or mm. whether the LMA asked, I don't know. Uh, you know, so it's... It, it, well, you know. he asked me before, if, well, that's the one thing I would say to a young one is mm. along, somebody alongside you. Get away with grey hair. Because John Benson, I and I, I stumbled over John Benson at Wigan many, mm, many years ago. Did, uh, and uh and you know, back in the day when I first went into management, if the tea was cold or uh, that wasn't hot enough, the kit wasn't right, this mm. wasn't done, and all the rest of it. And John Benson was the first one to say to me, Steve, I'll look after that mm. and I'll look after that, right? You just win on Saturday and keep all your attention and keep all your focus. On winning on a Saturday mm. because that'll keep me in a job, yeah. Steve. If you win on Saturday, never mind anything else. You see, I, winning I, on a Saturday and that little bit of wisdom, grey hair. I, 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 you know, like Steve, when I, I watch, I know we're not talking yet about about England, can, but when it's I your look podcast, at, when I, you can talk about whatever you want. When I look at England now, I think Gareth's done a fabulous job, yeah. and and I don't think anybody could have done a better job than Gareth. I just think at knockout competition, when it's a knockout thing. I just think it's 10%, 15% less. That I think he's got to find some And I, I look around at his staff and his players, and yeah. they're all nice people. I think, I think, why doesn't he get somebody like a young Neil Warnock or somebody that can just, just rattle a few cages here and there? Do you know what I mean? They, they, all, they all look lovely people. Yeah, and yet yeah. nobody could do a better job than him, Steve, could no, they? No, I, I agree with you. Since... Uh... Since since Sam left and he took over, then I, I think he's been absolutely immaculate, and I'm delighted for him because he's one of football's good guys. Huh? He is. He is. A, he is as genuine as what you see, he Gareth. Is. And um, and it would have been great. It would have been great for Harry to smash that penalty in and we beat the French or whatever. But it hasn't quite happened for him. No. Just on the big moments, no. the, them big big calls where it's that, and you know the defining moments, but. There, there can't be it. He's done a fabulous job, and I hope. I, I, I hope he's got the energy. I hope he's got the energy to um to stay with it. And but you, see if you can win like, the Euros, yeah. You know, like me, what he's going through now, don't you? Oh yeah. And and you know his turmoil in his mind now. Do I need? Do I need to be slaughtered by that press man or that press or or the fans there? Because 
when they did the Nation League and they lost at, at Birmingham, Wolves, were it Wolves, mm. the ground, they lost against, it was it, it I don't know, I don't know who it were. Anyway, <laughs> but it, for me, that's like a pre-season game. You can't get yeah, up for like it. Friendlies. You can't get your players up for it. So don't judge him on friendlies. When you look at competi- competitive games, he's as good as anybody. And, and I think to myself, I hope he looks in the mirror and thinks he's not going to get a better job than England. I know it's a lot of hassle. He's got to put that on one side and come by. Got a great bunch. But I do think he's got to find something else if he wants to do that extra 10%. I think he's got to just come up with something else that he hadn't thought about Mm. at the minute. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it it does feel like that. And I think we're all going to keep our breath baited to see what Gareth actually does, obviously, in the intervening few days. But what I'm going to say, chaps, is this has gone very, very swimmingly. And like any good football match, there's got to be a half time. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a second. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 